All right, good morning, everybody, and happy new year. I'm Caleb. I'm the lead pastor here, if we haven't met. And I'm so glad that you're here the first Sunday of 2015. Do you feel the newness in the air? There's, there's new things in store for you in this year. There's new things in store for us. If you think that the last few years, if you've been here, have been awesome, this next year is going to be really, really special, and I'm so glad that you're part of it. <clears throat> um, couple of things I want to say real quick about that video before you forget it. James is, uh, is his name, and he mentioned a thing called Rooted. Uh, if you haven't done Rooted yet, just, just sign up. It's done. It's, you just have to. It's what you do. It's your next step in our church. So I hope that you'll go out on the patio or sign up online and just make that happen. Let this be your year. Let this be the time. It's going to be great. Another thing that he mentioned was this word happiness. Did you hear that? He was experiencing happiness. Call it joy. Call it whatever you want. That sense of satisfaction and purpose. And, and like life is how it's supposed to be. And there's, there's something to that. And he experienced it after going through Rooted and after seeing that he, was, that he could use his talents and passion, even something like surfing, to benefit other people. Now, he clued us in on a secret of the universe that we're going to talk about today and in this series. Happiness is our topic for the next several weeks, and it's a central theme in our life. Uh, maybe some of you are uh, doing New Year's resolutions. Anyone? Anyone doing New Year's resolutions around here? Not very many of you. Just a few. <laughs> uh, what about what about goals for 2015? Just, does that feel better to term them that way? <laughs> we have like a defeatist mentality with the word New Year's resolution, but goals. I've achieved some of those. I can I can I can focus on that. Yeah, when we, when we set, when we set uh, goals for the new year, no one ever sets the goal that says, I want 2015 to be more mediocre than 2014, right? No one says, I want to be only moderately satisfied with my life in 2015. We don't do that. We set goals and New Year's resolutions to maximize, to make more of, to be happier, more joyful, more fulfilled, more purposeful, have our relationships be healthier and all that kind of stuff. I was doing some research online to see what people uh, in the Pinterest world, if I'm honest, uh, were, were talking about in terms of their 2015 New Year's resolutions, and I stumbled on a, upon a few. Here's one of them. This person said, I want to learn to love without condition. Talk without bad intention, give without any reason, and most of all, care for people without any expectation. You could adapt that if you wanted to, put that on your mirror. That's not a bad thing. Those are good, those are good resolutions for 2015. How about this one? New thinking for 2015. Practice gratitude. Always a good idea. Number two, remember that tomorrow is always a new day. I can have a new start in this new day. Three, you have the power to make a difference. You can make an actual difference with your life. Number four, get plenty of sleep. We're getting real practical here, but, but you know, if you're not healthy, you can't do the other things, right? Forgiving makes you happier. So I want to forgive Believe that good things are going to happen. Okay, that's a, that's a decent one from, the, from that person, 2015. This person's focus, focusing on what they want to do less of in 2015 that they did in 2014 and more of, right? So you got things like soda, junk food, less, less complaining and worrying, okay? I want, to, I want less of that in my new year, and I want more salads, you know? I want, I, 
more of, more of that kind of healthy, good stuff. That's what I want to see in this new year for myself, right? Here's another one. Enjoy life now. This is not a rehearsal. So make the most of the time that you have, in essence, right? How many of you uh, would be willing to state, just throw out something that you're hoping for, a goal for 2015? Anybody? Self-discipline. Thank you for playing. You open the floodgates. Watch. Patience. Patience in 2015. Trust. You want to be more trusting. Be a better mom. Awesome. Yeah, we have these things, and all of them are built around not mediocrity, not wanting to live, you know, not good lives, but wanting to experience more fulfillment, more happiness, maximize the life that God has given us. And here, there's nothing wrong with that. That's a good thing. There's nothing wrong with that. The problem is most of us are going about it in the wrong ways. Most of us are pursuing happiness, thinking that if I can just take hold of this, that if I reach this objective, if I reach this plateau, if I can get my hands on this, if I can achieve this, if I can reach this level, then I will finally be happy. If I can get that relationship with that type of a person, if I can get here, if I can learn that, if I can, be, if I can grow into this, then I can achieve it and I will be happy. And it comes naturally because we live in a culture that's telling us to focus more on you and what you can get and what you can consume, and that will then make you more happy. That the more you can take on, the more you can learn, the more you can get, the more you can achieve, the more you focus on doing you and being you and, and making the you thing happen, the happier you will be. But it's just not true. That's just... That's just simply not the way it works. No amount of spending is going to make you happy. No amount of money or financial freedom is really going to make you happy. The perfect person in your life is not going to make you happy. No level of learning or success or achievement is actually going to satisfy you. I was reading an article this week uh, about Jane Fonda, like you do, and... uh, (laughs) And she, she made the news this week uh, because she posted what she was going to focus on in 2015. She said that she has been feeling insecure and feeling unhappy with herself and her life and feeling disempowered. And so in 2015, she was going to build a shrine to herself. And she is going to build a shrine that reminds her how great she is. These are my words. <laughs> how great she is, all the things that she's accomplished, and then, and then in her words, so that I can be more happy and feel more brave and stand on that because we want confidence. We want whatever. And she's choosing to go about it in that way. What do we know about that? It just doesn't work. Shrine to yourself or the things that we try to achieve and grab onto, they will not satisfy. You look, I never, there was another article that popped up for me as I was reading, and it was about, it was about the, this trend of all these celebrities going internationally and picking out orphans to adopt like their accessories. And this person was commenting on that and evaluating this and saying, these people are really not going to give this person the life that they need. They're going to try to make their life more meaningful and fulfilling and calling that whole thing into question. 
we have this focus on self and what can we do to feel better, to be happier. And the things that our culture and our world tells us to try will not satisfy. If you need more proof, you just look at the addiction numbers, the suicide numbers, the depression numbers. They are higher than they have ever been since people have recorded them. Those things simply don't work. I want to be really clear. Happiness is not achieved in the way that most people are trying to achieve it. The default way the world tells us to be satisfied, to be happy, by focusing on ourselves and consuming more for us, it just doesn't work. It's a never-ending black hole. But there's good news. There is a different way. And I want to read to you a verse. In fact, I want us to all read it together. It's a verse that's going to kind of summarize this series, this pursuit of happiness. We're going to come back to it. It's going to be kind of a theme that we'll, that we'll look back to. And it's words that Jesus spoke that can give us real hope as we try to figure out how to make the most of this life, how to live lives that we actually want and that God wants for us. Here's what he says in John 10.10. 10. Let's read this out loud together. The thief comes only to steal and kill and destroy. I have come that they might have life and have it to the full. Did you know that God actually wants you to maximize your life? He does. He wants the most for you. He wants fulfillment for you. He wants purpose for you. He wants contentment and satisfaction and joy and peace and happiness. He wants it for you. Here's another way of saying it. If I were to define happiness for our time together in this series, happiness is enjoying a life full of God's blessings. Happiness, a very basic definition, is enjoying a life full of God's blessings. And I get that from a passage that we're going to read. This, is, this passage that we're about to read is from the most, ser- the most famous sermon ever given. We're going to look at different parts of this sermon over the next weeks. This is the very first part. And this is Jesus, if he could kind of distill down what the most important thing he wants you to know about this life is, how you really maximize and live life to the full. It's going to be in this sermon, and he wants us to get it. And we're going to read these first few verses from what's called the Sermon on the Mount. I'm going to read it with you on the screen behind me. It goes like this. He says, one day as he, as he saw the crowds gathering, that's Jesus, Jesus went up on the mountainside and sat down. His disciples gathered around him, and he began to teach them. I want you to visualize that scene. You can, leave, you can go back. I want you to visualize that moment, that scene. So Jesus was the most popular person ever to live in the face of, in the existence of humanity. You know, maybe some of you have experienced some, some like fame in your life. Maybe you were a part of a band that went big for a while and you filled out stadiums. Maybe you were a professional athlete. Maybe you, you've had some brushes with that, but it's nothing compared to Jesus. Jesus had thousands of people that followed him around all over the place, hanging on every word because rumor had had it that people, that people believed that this guy had a unique connection to the God of the universe, that he was tight with them and somehow maybe, maybe even he was God in skin or something like that. And so people just followed him and tried to flock to him and hear everything he said and tried, if they were sick, they tried to just be touched by him and touch his feet and do whatever they could 
to be around this Jesus. Insanely popular. And so there's hundreds, if not thousands of people gathering around him on this day. And because the crowds are so big, he has to go up onto a small hill. And he's climbing his way up. There aren't like well-defined paths. He's climbing up these rocks and things and dirt and slipping and sliding. And he sits down once he gets high enough so that everyone can see him. And then the verse, that was verse one, it says that the disciples gathered around him. So his inner circle, these are the people that have been walking with him for a short time now. They would walk with him for two years. They're the ones that kind of gather around and and insulate him, if you will, from the crowds and the masses. You have that image in your mind, and let's move on to what Jesus says. This kicks off the most famous sermon ever given. He says this, God blesses those who are poor and realize their need for him who don't have a lot of stuff, or maybe they have a lot of stuff, but they know they're just like everybody else and that they need God. For the kingdom of heaven is theirs. God blesses those who mourn, who experience sorrow and sadness because this world is real and it's difficult. For they will be comforted. God is with them in their sadness. God blesses those who are humble, for they will inherit the whole earth. God blesses those who hunger and thirst for justice, for they will be satisfied. God blesses those who are merciful, who are compassionate, who care about others, for they will be shown mercy. God blesses those whose hearts are pure, who aren't manipulating every situation for their own personal gain, for they will see God. God blesses those who work for peace, for they will be called the children of God. God blesses those who are persecuted for doing what is right, even if it's not in their own best interest, for doing what is right, for the kingdom of heaven is theirs. God blesses you when people mock you or persecute you and lie about you and say all sorts of evil things against you because you are my followers. Be happy about it. Be glad for great is your reward that waits for you in heaven. In other words, there is a bigger story at play. Life is not all just about what happens on this round ball called earth. There is a bigger story. Now, in the past, I've taught this passage, and I've broken down each one. We've talked about each specific one, and I'm not doing that this morning. I want you to step back, and I want you to look at the whole of what Jesus just said. I want you to see the common theme, two common themes. The first is, it's God who blesses. It's God who does the blessing. So why do we spend so much time and energy trying to bless ourselves? It's God who blesses. He's the source of every good thing. And then the other theme that you see as you read through those is that God blesses those who aren't just focused on blessing themselves. If you read through each one of those sentences... God's blessing people who are merciful toward others, who are humble about their own stuff, who know what it is to be grieving, who know what it is to be in pain, who know what it is to pursue justice on behalf of the whole. God blesses those 
who aren't spending all their time just blessing themselves. If you are clinging to your own sense of happiness and what you are entitled to and what you deserve and what you see someone else has that you might as well have too, you are not going to be able to receive blessings from the blesser. And you are going to be so focused on just you that you're going to miss out on the richness that he gives to people who are being a blessing to other people. Another way of saying all this is happiness is received, not achieved. We spend most of our lives in this culture trying to achieve and achieve and achieve and to get and to get and to get. And goals and all that kind of stuff is good and it's not a bad thing. But if you are just focused on that to be the supply, to be the source of your happiness, you will be disappointed time and time again. Remember the scene when Jesus is giving this sermon? You got the crowds that are below him and coming up kind of the mountain and then insulating him right around him is the inner circle. It's the disciples, right? Matthew tells us that and gives us that detail as if to say Jesus is really giving this sermon to the disciples and then everyone else too. But his disciples are the ones that he really wants to get this because they think as the inner circle that they deserve more. They're posturing and positioning themselves to be in some kind of position when Jesus takes over this earth, when he overthrows the Roman government, right? When he's, when he's the head, when everyone's coming to worship him, they're going to be by his side. They're going to be on their own horses. They're going to have their own chariots. They're going to have their own suites in the mighty thing palace, right? Their, their stock is going to go up. They're going to have influence. That's why these same disciples asked things like, how can I be the greatest in your kingdom? Hey, hey, when you go to heaven, can I sit at your right hand? How do I get more? How do I, how do I improve my status and my level? There's 12 disciples here. I want to be number one. And it's as if Jesus is speaking to his inner circle of followers saying, this isn't about you. It's about everyone. And if you keep trying to just bless yourself and make my ministry about you, you're going to miss out on the rich blessing of being a part of this movement in the world, this revolution that's changing everything. And you're going to miss it because you're just focused on you and what you can get. And instead, recognize that the blessing is that you get to be a part of this with me that I will bless you as you bless them, that I will feed you as you're feeding them, that I will give you a rich and satisfying and meaningful life as you are pouring out your life for the sake of other people. Do not make this about you. You're going to miss it. You're going to miss it. Because the disciples, just like us, just like any of us, just like most people, we, we somehow get it into our mind that happiness is to be achieved instead of received from God. Jesus said a few chapters later, if you cling to your life, you will lose it. But if you give up your life for me, 
you will find it. I went through a season about nine years ago or something like that where I lost everything, like house, relationship, friendships, money, I just anything tangible that you can point to besides like the clothes on my back, lost. And I was mad about it. And I couldn't believe, I was like, God, how could you let this happen to me? I've been working for a church and I tried to start this nonprofit to do good. And how would you let all this happen to me? The thing about pain is it often makes us more selfish, right? If we're upset about something, if someone hurts us, if someone offends us, if, if something doesn't feel right, we, we get more insulated, more self-focused. And so I thought, you know what? I've been sacrificing. I have a business degree from USC, doggone it. I'm going to go make money. This, this, this thing didn't work, and I find myself here, and I find myself humiliated and broken, and that didn't... I, I'm going to go, just go do stuff, and I'm going to have stuff, and I'm going to be fulfilled in this way. So I did a dream board, you know what I'm saying? Like, <laughs> put BMW 7 Series on it, and like a car, and things like that. And it's just like, there's things that I felt like I've been sacrificing. I'm just going to go and achieve them. I'm going to do that. I was as miserable as ever. I really was. And I was resisting whatever it was that God was trying to say to me or do to me in that season. And there was, there were some months that went by. And then I remember this pivotal kind of transition conversation that I had with my mom. I'm on the phone with her. And she can just probably hear, you know how moms have that sense. She can just kind of hear and sense that I'm not doing well. And she just said, Caleb, maybe can I, can I encourage you or challenge you with something? Maybe it's time to take the focus off of yourself and go and serve other people, just in a low-profile way that no one knows about. Maybe that would help. Mom, I'm a grown man. Don't tell me what to do. <laughs> but she was right, and I look back, and what I did, because I was living in Washington at that time, strangely, and I, uh, and, I, and I went and I volunteered at the YMCA. I didn't know. I just was like, okay, this place is random. I'll choose that. And I went to a, the small local church that I was at, and they didn't know me, they didn't know anything about me. I just served in some small way, and I just said, okay, I'll try. And that was the beginning of a mind shift and a transition from me being so self-focused in my pain and disappointment and discouragement from the past to being more other-centered and allowing God to bless me again or allowing myself to see, recognize, and appreciate his blessings as I served and contributed to other people. We have this tendency, friends, to white-knuckle what we want and what we think we deserve and the happiness and the, and the, the goals and the everything. Dream boards aren't bad. If you do that and your goals, whatever. But just don't make them all about blessing yourself. You will be unsatisfied. It will not work for you. When you get those things on your board, it won't be enough. It just won't be. It never is. Maybe put on your dream board a picture of Oakview, that you're going to change that place. Maybe put on your dream board a new building for our church. I, I would condone that. <laughs> that you're going to make something like that happen. Maybe put, maybe put on your dream board that you're going to an orphanage that you're going to fund yourself or whatever. Don't make it all about you. It will not 
satisfy you. It just can't. The bottom line is, do you trust that God wants to bless you? Do you trust that God is generous and good and loves you and wants to bless your life with good things even more than you can achieve on your own? Look at what this verse says also in Matthew from chapter 7. So if you, sinful people, know how to give good gifts to your children, how much more will your heavenly Father give good gifts to those who ask him? If you're a parent, you know this. It's just, you just can't help. You just love to give good gifts to your kids. Maybe you give them too much stuff because you just love it. To see the look on their face when they get it, when they appreciate it, whatever. You, you, just, you just want to. And the Bible says, Jesus says, how much more your heavenly Father, who designed you, who breathed breath and life into your lungs, who gives you everything that you have and sustains your life and gives you this playground called earth to live on, how much more does he want you to have? Not just stuff on the dream board, but stuff that fulfills you, that makes you whole, that gives you a purpose for a living that makes sense in the bigger picture, that satisfies really. There's three simple things that I was thinking about that we see in these verses that, that we can receive gifts from God. Here, here's, if you want good gifts from God, here's a simple way to go about it. The first thing is to request them. We just read that in the last verse. Request them. You know why? Because you're admitting that he's the source. He loves that. And it, help, it helps your mindset when you realize, oh, God, you are the source of every good thing. Can you please do this? Ask. And like a generous father, he loves to give good gifts to his children. The second thing is recognize them. Some of you have no idea of all the blessings that he's already given you. You have no concept of what you already have, how he's already blessed you. You're just thinking about out there what you don't yet have, and you're not in enjoying what you do have, which means you will never enjoy what you have. <clears throat> Think about and be grateful for the ways that he's blessing you now. Like when you walk in the front door, if you do like I do, and my almost two-year-old makes some kind of joyful noise because he sees me. It just doesn't get much better than that. It's a blessing from God, especially after years of infertility. To be able to do that, experience that, it's just unbelievable. That my wife would spend time preparing a meal. That I have friends that would call and check in and see how I'm doing. That there's a car that's 15 years old and still starts every time I turn the ignition. It's their blessings. I don't worry about those things. There's so many ways that God is already blessing you now. Don't miss them. And then last, receive his gifts. Thing is, you can't receive if your hands are clenched, trying to get yours, trying to do your thing. This is how you receive. This is the posture there's, there has to be some kind of a letting go of my way of achieving everything that I think will make me happy. 
recognizing that I can't. And then if I can receive it from you, then I can actually enjoy it as a gift. And regardless, as my last fill-in there, regardless of whether we deserve the gifts or not. Some of you believe that you don't deserve to be happy again. Some of you believe that you don't deserve God's blessings anymore because too much time has passed. You fell away. You've done too much bad stuff. You've hurt too many people or there's been too much hurt in your life that you just can't get over. Friends, it's not true. If you're here and you're alive and you're breathing, God is your Father who loves to give you good gifts. None of us deserve them. He loves to give good gifts. Will you receive from Him? Will you quit just making it all about you? He loves to give you good gifts as it is. Recognize that He's the source. Happiness is about enjoying the blessings of God as you take the focus off of yourself and put it on to other people. Let me read this, uh, this verse that we started with. Let me read it in a different translation to you. It says, The thief's purpose is to steal and kill and destroy. My purpose is to give them a rich and satisfying life. That's what I want. That's what I want for my family. That's what I want and pray for you. The 2015 will be kicked off with you having a new mentality shift about how to go about receiving a rich and satisfying life from your Heavenly Father. It doesn't happen in the way that the world tells you to go and achieve it. It can only be received. Now, I want to talk specifically to three different groups of people that are here this morning. The first group are the church-going veterans. You guys have been at this church a while. You've been at that church a while. You've been at a church for a long time, and you know the drill. You get it. You've been there. You've done that. My hope, my prayer, my challenge for you in this new year is that you would pray for new eyes to see, that you would have a new perspective, that you would take your, your place as the inner circle around Jesus, and that you would see that as an opportunity to allow others to feel like they too are in the inner circle. That you would see that it's not just about you. It's about them. That you would participate with him in his ongoing mission in the world. You would be caught up in what he is doing. And you would receive his blessings as you're pouring out blessings on other people. Another group of you are here and you've been coming to our church for six months to two years. You're in that range. You're, you're, you're in, you've bought in. My invitation, my challenge to you is just to step up. If you've gone through Rooted, if you've been part of this thing, you're a leader in our church. Lead. Do something. Invent something to do. See a need, meet a need. Show up early and help set up. Help tear down afterwards. Just show up in Oakview and places like that and tutor. Bring gifts even though it's not Christmas. Just, just do stuff. Go from being a consumer to a contributor. Lead. There's passion in you. There's skills in you. There's stuff that you love to do like James loves to surf. You can leverage that and serve other people. And in doing so, you'll find that it's really you who gets blessed, who's satisfied, who has fun and enjoys it. 
The last group of people that I want to talk to are those of you who are brand new. You're, maybe this is your first Sunday or you've just been here for a few weeks or a few months. My challenge to you is that you come every week of this series. Don't miss one. Or six out of seven. We'll call that good. <laughs> I believe that God wants to speak to you and show you that he really does want to bless you. He really does have great plans for you. He really does have a purpose for your life. And he wants you to be fulfilled. And he wants you to be mobilized. And he wants you to be alive. And something's going to happen. Something's gonna, there's going to be an aha moment for you in these next few weeks. You're going to have your eyes open in a different way. You're going to come alive in a different way. And he's going to invite you into a whole new way of life and thinking about life and receiving from him. And it's going to be beautiful. So keep showing up. God is the source of your happiness and the full and meaningful life that you really want. We're going to get into those details and more about that in these subsequent weeks, but today it's simply this, this simple response. Would you stand with me? The band's going to play. I just want to invite you to extend your hands. If this, this is just a simple posture. It's a physical posture that represents a heart that's just saying, God, I'm surrendering my own grip on what I think I deserve in terms of happiness. I want to receive my happiness, my joy, my fulfillment, my satisfaction in life from you because you are the source. Help me to live less focused on just me and help me to receive from you as I focus on other people. In Jesus' name.